Coming to you not quite live from the Loading Ready Run Underground Orbiting Moon Base, it's the Lurcast! What's up? Hey everyone. So it's our shift on weird jobs, isn't it? Yeah. I've never been a rapper. <laughs> Just want to put that right out there. All right, so you I can't... make mouth noises. So weirdest jobs, not inclusive. Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, have you... I'm going to, like, start us off pretty high-end, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Like we're going to sure. make this competition almost? Ha- sure. You have you, okay. Have you ever nailed cotton batting to a hill? <laughs> Is that kind of like nailing shit to a wall? It's kind no. of a sex thing. <laughs> um, I had a one-day gig for a special effects company. Oh. Um, it wasn't actually a special effects thing. It was uh, Nesty Chill on the Hill, a middle of summer snowboarding competition. Oh. So we went out at ass o'clock in the morning mm. to this hill, and our job was to uh, create borders out mm. of uh, hay bales, mm-hmm. um, which was the way I discovered that I might be allergic to hay. Hey. Or just being, like, gouged in the arms over and over again with, like, straws. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we spent the rest of the day nailing cotton batting to the hill. And because it... The the, the reason for this is because uh, they were going to pump uh, snow all over it. Right. And it needs a surface to stick to. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it did have a practical application. But the fun part is that later when the sun came out you're getting baked from the bottom, and then it ref- would reflect off the batting. Oh. The so I turned into a potato. Neat. Did you work shirtless for this whole thing? Yep. Did everyone... I, I think I might have started approaching heat exhaustion. Oh, okay. I was pretty delirious by the end. That is... That, that sounds miserable. It was yeah. pretty miserable. I made 300 bucks that day. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was not great. Um, but it was, it was unique. Hmm. That's because I, I thought when you'd said cotton, cotton batting. Yeah, I thought, just like huge rolls. Yeah, like six foot tall. You know, you just like roll I didn't them out, even get, expect like, that snow was going to come into this. Yeah, there was like spikes. Hmm. You just nail it down okay. and just like go up the whole hill. Huh. And I, I think I came by later when they had like done a bit of the. We also had to build um, like grind rails and stuff, right. like just like Neat. moguls and shit. Okay. Right. So it was it was a weird job. Did they to get rid of it? Did they just burn it all down? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> just like swish some gas, torch that. It would be way easier to get rid of it this way. Yep. Mm. Okay. <sighs> so how about you? Me. Well, okay. I've had one weird job and one absolutely miserable job. Which, what do you want to hear about first? I'd like, miserable job. Yeah. The yeah, miserable job. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When I first got my Bachelor of Arts in English, I went to work for TELUS, which is the phone company Ooh. in Alberta, British Columbia, and Quebec, I believe. And I think they're in Ontario, too. Yeah. Okay. They're probably yeah. just all across Canada Yeah, I think they're, all, they're, they're fully trans-Canada now. Yeah. Um, and I worked for TELUS in the billing queue, which means Uh-oh. when you call TELUS... You're already angry? Um, well, when you call TELUS and it asks you, you know, if this is about, you know, expanding your service, press one. If you want to talk to somebody about, like, something else, press two. If you want to talk to somebody about your bill, press three. Oh, fuck. I was three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Are you sure you weren't number two? Yeah, no, 
<laughs> so we went through a four-week-long training program because... Four weeks? Yeah, no, because TELUS was using a... Well, like any bank, any large institution, they were using whatever software they had bought from IBM oh. in 1982. Right. No, I see. To run yeah. Everything. So yep. we needed to be trained on this thing and then involve moving the cursor around. God, it's, it's like those those and, retail places that still use like ASCII POS systems. Yeah. yeah. Like Dragon Impact has that, and I mm-hmm. can't imagine the pain it would have taken them to do the background that's like their logo over well it's not their logo it's just the words right. yeah dragon impact over and over again and it's just like you expect to, somebody to be playing like dwarf fortress on it you mm-hmm. you didn't i bet you didn't have a mouse it was all tabs. No, we had a mouse because that like that that filing system yeah was now just a program that was being run inside of windows a windows shell? Uh, oh yeah x or windows nt shell right right um and then we also had another like system for actually putting work orders in, and that was now just a record system. It was right. really hacked together. So you had um, to go back and forth between all of them all the time. Yeah. God. And that was why the people from TELUS are always like, just hang on a second, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. I need to do, hang on, I need to do something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like in the billing queue, you get, broadly speaking, three kinds of calls, I think. All right. The first call is, I have been on hold for 45 to 90 minutes, and I want to take a stand on this tiny hill over this $2 charge I found on my bill. (laughs) This far and no further, and if I do not get what I want, I am going to make some utterly powerless threats about it. (laughs) Were you Uh, cynical before you started this job, or did it drive it into you? It actually drove a lot of cynicism out of me. Really? Really? I found that after a month or so of this, I just could not be bothered. You're just like, fuck these people. Fuck these people. Fuck anyone's problems. Those. You just—it's like, no, um, you. oh, well, where do you think you're going? No, fuck you too. It's like Office Space when he when he wakes up the next day after the hip, uh, the hypnosis scene. He's just like, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't say, it, but he's like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, and it was this weird state between that was partially not giving a fuck anymore, and just realizing everything is okay. Mm-hmm. That's, and nothing that, could that's bother what, me. That must be what Zen is like. And then I felt that settling in. And I recalled a conversation that I had had in my first week on the phones when I went to the break room uh-huh. on my break because we had to have 95% adherence, which meant that from when you started your shift to when you ended your shift, you had to be on, on the phones for 95% of that time when you weren't on lunch or on breaks. Mm. And when they told us that, that we had to have 95% adherence. God. My first thing was like, okay, it's an eight-hour shift, so that means we have 20 minutes of free time where we don't have to be on the phones. And the trainer just stared at me for a second. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. (laughs) Corporate thinks that we have like six or seven minutes of free time a day, and I just said out loud that we actually have 20. (laughs) That number's probably going to go up now. Whoops. I have a friend who works for TELUS. I'm going to ask him if it has, actually. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 99.9% adherence. 
I don't even remember if it was called adherence, actually. That's it. I um, love but words like, like that. We were, we were also just using this new scheduling system that was computer controlled okay. so that it would assign you your, like your two coffee breaks and then your lunch break based on like the call volume and like historic call volume. And the union was like, Again, like they were digging digging in their heels because it meant like you could sometimes show up for work and your first coffee break would be 15 minutes into your shift. Oh, shit. And then your lunch break would be like 45 minutes into your shift. Right. And then you would get a coffee break seven hours later and then you would be... Die. Off. Yeah. 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 Um, so they were They'd like... shovel you into the subway. Yeah. And it's like, no, you have to have your coffee break in the middle of the day. And like there was this thing where they were like saying, I don't care when the system schedules you, you take your coffee... Like at this time and this time and this time, yes. and I'm just like I am new here. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, in my first week, I went to the coffee room mm -hmm. on my break, and I there was there were two kinds of staff. There have been about twenty new service reps hired, mm -hmm. and they were all like my age, people just out of university, um, because they were trying to hire people like long term right they were trying to play the long game and they were hiring people with like university degrees or college degrees and who were young and to work phones yeah to work phones i guess people that they could like use use this as an entry-level position um and then there were also the like generally 50 plus women who had begun their careers with the phone company as operators oh right yeah yeah and who had like just steely grips and shoulders from working on pegboards, yes. moving connections from six feet up. What do you, wait, how, are those systems still in place? Oh God, no. No. no, no, no okay, no, no, I was no. like. It's all packet switching now. It's no, oh, okay. no, nobody yeah. circuit switches anymore. Oh, no. sorry. For yeah. some, no, those systems were gone, this... but they started off with them, right? Oh, okay, so there's like swole as fuck. Well, yeah. Still, residually. And she gave me the job advice, there have been two pieces of job advice that I've ever gotten in my life that have really stuck with me. And hers was the second because she told me, you know, I see you, you know, I, I pay attention to people who come in here and I see you and like, don't worry. When I got here, I went home for the first two months I worked here and I cried every day. <laughs> and then I stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> So it's like that Lily Tomlin sketch where we're the phone company. We don't give a shit. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, I have to get out of here. <laughs> I have to get out of here. You know what? You know what makes me kind of sad, actually, that you bring that up? Is that because I also I want to hear the thing about the other two phone types of phone calls there is. But the thing that kind of makes me sad is that that, that woman, when she showed up to do this job, to, to move quarter yeah. inch cable in it, like in and out of things, right? Um, that's what she signed up for. Mm -hmm. And she's still there 30 years later. Yep. And it, none of that anymore. And now she's on the phone with people. Like it used to be like, how can I connect your call? Thank yeah. you very much. And it's like, no, nobody ever said, I have a problem with my long distance. Like, no, you don't click, you know, like yeah. it's that kind of thing. It's, mm -hmm. but now it's like people are calling up all the time and they're pissed off and they're angry. And she's just kind of be like, the, you, know, you are the human contact of the soulless entity. Yeah, 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 exactly. And she's like, when I started this, people were really happy to call and, and call their families. And oh, do all this, this is shit. such and a novelty. Really yeah, go yeah. on, get to do it. And it's like, now it's like everyone's pissed off all the time. Yeah. The poor woman. It's like, the shit don't work no more. Yeah. Or it's Please not put even... my voice into space and then throw it across the continent. And it's not even the shit don't work. It is, I don't understand this $2 charge. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that is explained in the terms of service that come in your phone book. Did you read right? them? Right, and they're like, oh, I was, it's brand new. And it's like, I'm paging through your bills, sir. It's been on every bill for the last 15 years. Yeah. Right? You just, or you just so, didn't some read equivalent it. equivalent charge. Yeah. yeah. Right? 
Um, also, like, it's two dollars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's anyways, they, they'd staked out this tiny, tiny hill, and they were going to fight on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, my one piece of advice is that if you are ever in, if you're ever waiting for a call, you 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 have noticed a discrepancy, and you have been on hold for forty five minutes. It sucks. I know it sucks. <laughs> I I've done the same. It sucks. I had a friend who told, gave me another piece of advice. Actually, no, three pieces of advice. Okay. The, only two were generally applicable. The third one was only for on the phones. Yeah. If somebody opens up your phone call and they start screaming at you immediately and swearing, just drop the call. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I'm down with that. <laughs> just drop the call. I try to go out of my way to be mm-hmm. exceedingly polite to people and, who like, serve I, me on the phone. I also get me that too. it is you are frustrated and angry and everything and like i i feel that too but this isn't just like be kind to your fellow humans this is they will just hang up on you yeah yeah (laughs) and you'll have wasted 45 minutes of your life um it's also just like this isn't the person who has screwed you over yeah like they're they're a cop i I would get people like screaming at me and they would be screaming and like very lucidly telling me that they knew that i wasn't who was responsible for it. Yeah. And they knew that my manager wasn't the person responsible for it. Huh. But they were still yelling. Okay. Yeah. And it was but stressful, like, yeah. which is an odd kind of low-level stress to be under for a very months long at a period. time. It's, like, not only for, like, the period you're on the phone call, but every phone call can turn into that very, very quickly yeah. if you don't give somebody exactly what they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the second kind of phone calls were generally the calls from people who were, like, my phone bill this month is $13,000, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, Somebody goofed. Yeah, and so we would look at their bills, and generally it could have been one of a couple of things. Uh, usually it would be like you would see a bunch of one nine hundred number calls. Uh, okay. Um, Ooh. And, like, the question you would ask is, like, well, there's a lot of these, like, one nine hundred number calls. I don't know what those are. And you would look up the number, are. and it would be, like, phone sex or something. Yeah. yeah. And then there would be a silence on the other end of the line. And you would hear, like, generally if it was a woman's voice, there would be a lot of yelling. Oh, fuck. Um, or, you know, like, this very strange silence. The, I, th- I knew this day would come moment, yeah. and you're the one delivering the news. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I have to go, like, slap the shit out of my child or mm-hmm. something, right? Because generally, like, adults don't do that. <laughs> like, they wouldn't do it to somebody else who was paying the bill. Yeah. yeah. Right? But it's the kind of thing 13-year-old well, boys do. Ugh. At least in my experience, having dealt with it a couple of times. Uh, uh, or it's like somebody's grandmother has been making calls home to Cuba or Belarus, yeah. Belarus or Latvia or whatever. And not and, using any sort of way to discount it? Yeah. Because they wouldn't know, right? They yeah, just, exactly. It's like, I'll just call them up. Yeah. And then what you would, do, what I would do usually at that point is like just um, prorate that month on whatever international calling plan and like knock their bill down to like a couple hundred dollars to earth. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd be like, thank you. And then like my manager would take me aside and be like, that was very kind, but you didn't have to do that. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Hell no. Hello. You're very right. Um, (laughs) And then the third kind of call was um, like, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Generally described as being like somebody who is probably about a thousand years old. 
who just remembered that they had a My rental name's phone. Methuselah. Oh shit! Wait, what? Like a rent back in the day, back yeah. in the like the 1960s, you used to rent your phone from the phone company. You could at least, yeah. With like the physical handset, yeah, the physical handset, like the Bakelite even in the 1980s with the, with the dial on it. Go on, yeah. And they would realize that they've had this for a long time. Fuck. And you would look at their bill, and you realize that they have been paying the one dollar fifty, or the two dollars, or the seventy-five cent per month rental fee uh-huh. on a dial handset for forty years. Yeah. And you would just be like, oh, let me take that off your bill. <laughs> yeah. Because you have paid us like um at a dollar a month so for let's, forty years. Twelve bucks. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that phone was never worth that much to begin with. Oh god no. A, like a, a large amount phone. of money. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be really happy and you would just like have to go on a break right away. God, this sounds like a lot of Chinese water torture. And yeah, so I quit after like two months. Wise. Yeah. Um, And that was when I found out um, that I was the second, no, third to last person from my cadre of trainees to quit. Oh, wow. So you went the distance. Uh, Yeah. And I looked around and realized that everyone I had trained with had already quit. Oh, okay. (laughs) You had your head down so much you didn't realize everyone else got out of that shit. Yeah. Wow. And then I had to take a trip across country. Seems good. (laughs) I literally like quit, uh, packed a suitcase and walked down to the bus station like the next day. Nice. And I was just like, I have to get out. We need need to do a movie about your life. (laughs) It's like a smash cut to (laughs) If there's one thing the world needs, it's one more story about a young man who needs to go and find himself after quitting a soulless job. (laughs) Oh, Um, It'll sell a million. Yeah. Yeah, people will relate to it. Yeah. Uh, no, we would write it. I mean, yeah. that would be it interesting. Would be pretty great. Beach. Yes. Assuming you're, unless there is Do you have another policy. comment about that, though? No, like, that was the phone company job, and that was the worst job I've ever had. That's okay. pretty, um, pretty horrible. Then I worked in a house, a halfway house, um, for kids coming out of youth, um, youth corrections. Oh, oh, shit, that was not your worst job. Oh, no, like, the, that was my weird job. Okay. They, the kids were actually really good. We the the house we were working in was like a just a residential like ranch. Oh, no, four story house. Go on, yes. Um, where it was like basement, then Tell another half more. story, another half story, another half story. Like a split level. Yeah, a split level. Okay. okay. Um, and yeah, I was the weekend guy, so my shift was forty eight hours. Oh wow! So I would get there on Friday evenings and leave Sunday morning. Okay. Huh. Um, or no, Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like. So, you know, you would you would be the only staff member. There would be two kids in the house, um, and you they, they didn't have school. Mm-hmm. So you would just, like, you know, you would get them to prep their meals, and then you would get them up in the morning, and then you would take them, because we had, like, a work program in front of the local sawmills, okay. where they would go and do cleanup. Oh, okay. Um, or it was a planer mill, I think. And so I went and, like put on my overalls and help sweep up sawdust and shit because that's basically what you did. You put your locks on things and you swept. So um, so you you had this job doing this thing at the halfway house, but it also meant that you had to go and do the work with yeah. them as well. Yeah, that was part of the deal. Was it kind of like a big brothery thing where you had to set an example for them? or 
behind. I didn't really have to set an example. I just had. To I mean, I guess it would maybe okay. make. Okay. I mean, if I was in that position, I will try to use my imagination and be like. I guess it would be better than you know. I'm I'm your boss. Yeah. No. As I mean, like, to just like yeah, I'm a coworker. Come on, let's all like be. You know, sweepers. Yeah. The kids generally really liked me. Uh, the other staff members were like, yeah, I mean, we, we set you up on the on the weekend. We come back. Everything's copacetic. Um, I love that word. Yeah. yeah. That's where I learned that word. Ah. <laughs> People used it for me a lot. I think it was the one word they knew. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I got to be like the kid's best friend, which hey. is probably like the most irritating role for other coworkers because like I got to be the good cop on the weekends. Oh, the ah. really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're making money, they're working, so they... Yeah, they were all generally pretty happy to be working. Okay. They were at like that stage of adolescence where it was like, nah, I just want to put in like honest day's work. Yeah. Right? The, 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 that kind of eager to please age, I guess. Okay, okay. I don't know. Is the, were were like, they kind of like, were they in that thing where it's like, you know, fuck school, man. I want to, I want to go get a job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Respectable can't do attitude. Yeah. 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 They, Who they, needs no book learning? <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess they had come out of corrections and they were really eager to kind of like impress, right? They've been chosen for this program and they wanted to do right by it. All right. So, I don't know. That, that was kind of a cool job. That um, is actually pretty cool. And then I wound up, like, I had to leave it. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, like, they had been really pushing for this model that we had where it was only a couple of kids in the house. Okay. Because usually it's, like, 12 kids in a house, and it's just basically, like, a flop house. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they sw- swapped over to that after I, like, shortly after I left. It wasn't because I left, but, like, my boss is like, you might want to get out now. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's about to be, like, a dozen kids. and Yeah. Yeah. And it's just going to be, like... Bedlam. Well, not quite bedlam, but it's you like the kids are going to have like a really high uh, return rate. Mm. Um, yeah, like it's a drag. like recidivism. Yeah, like they're recidivism, basically we're yeah. going to see them leave the house and they're going to be right back in the yeah, system. They're going to come right back and, again. Yeah. I see. Mm. Yeah. So basically, like your oh. job will stop being like supervising and like you know dealing with these kids, and it'll be more like signing them in and out. Making sure that like the the cabinets are always stocked with chips for when they come home baked. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Okay. Wow. That is a weird job. And then like calling the cops when they come home like drunk, uh, right? Or when they break curfew. I see. Yeah. Right to get them trucked back to corrections. I'm like, that sounds like it sucks. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it sucks. Well, yeah, yeah. that was me. Hmm. It's funny though because that just reminded me of my brother who worked in a group home, mm-hmm. um, but it was for um, uh, it was for. Endangered youth, I guess. Like mm-hmm. same, kind of, but kids who are not in the system, but it was like they are probably going to end up in the system, but they've been taken right. out of their houses, kind of deal. And um, he says the hardest part about working in that is that a the house is secret; no one can know where it is mm-hmm. um, because it's a, it's a rescue house, right? It's like these kids have been taken out of a really shitty situation, mm-hmm. uh... um, but they also act up a fair bit. But now they're living, you know, eight to a house kind of deal. Um, and my brother was working there um, as an actual like a full jobby job. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he several times had to restrain kids. Like he mm-hmm. had, he, he's like, it's you have to be taught how to do it right. because these kids will start throwing a fit and they will throw a big fit and they will lose any sort of inhibition. Yeah, you know, they will gain that kind of strength. That's just kind of like I will I will end everything. And then you have to learn how to restrain them so they can't hurt you, but they can't hurt themselves and they can't hurt anything yeah, else. I never had any of that training. Which is really good because I thought that's where that was going. It's like no. you're going to have to do so that. I had to put this kid no, in full I, I Nelson one, pro- one time. One problem with the kids and one we had one kid who came in and 
Like, he just disappeared over one weekend because he wasn't allowed to do a thing. Oh, I see. And I was just like, wound, spent a lot of time on the phone, and when they came back, they wound up being shipped back, and it was really sad. Ah, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Well, so, okay, so weird jobs I've had. Um, damn it. Weird and or shitty? Well, I mean, when I was, uh, I was all for this. When I was, when I was younger, everyone wanted a paper route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because that's... For whatever reason. I yeah. guess it's just because it's like, they give you money to, like... Put a paper, yeah, yeah it's like, in a I, mailbox. Yeah, yeah I can like, do that. Yeah, it's like I can do things. I can do <laughs> You're just Shit. like, oh, this and is really fucking boring. Every kid's supposed to have a paper route. Like that's the thing. Is well, it, it's a right? It's a youth rate of passage. It is in a way. Right? Yeah, you know, and it's, and it's the ye old first job because otherwise you have to open like a lemonade stand. And right. No, that lemonade stand pre, like is a precursor to the well, to sure, the, because the you route. can't be hired, so you have to kind of get entrepreneurial. And yeah. I had this, um, so. To be clear, I grew up reading an awful lot of Archie comics, mm. right? And so when you and anything in that vein, you know, you yeah. what you get is you get exposed to the Americana of what it's like to be a child, like especially right. little Archie stuff too, right? It's like this; these are the things that you do: is that you make a lemonade stand, or then you will go get a paper route, or then you will do, do these other things to kind of earn a little scratch, so you can go buy comic books and yeah, penny shoot candies. girls with right. slingshots. Exactly, right? Like those. The, I always want a slingshot because I'm like, well, this is part of growing up. So did I. I. I want a slingshot. I had a birthday one time where I got three slingshots. Shots. Jesus! <laughs> because I didn't one. coordinate. Oh yeah, I wasn't allowed to have one. It was either. stupid. I never ended up really using them on anything because it's like, oh wait, I actually have to shoot this at stuff. My my dad made me nunchucks for a costume. Did uh, you get hit in the nuts? No, they were immediately taken away. <laughs> Not because yeah, he's like, yeah, were. I'll let I'll let you carry these. You'll be able to go to school with them with your with your outfit, right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and then I found out about the day before the Halloween party at school. It was like you cannot take those. And I'm like, now I'm just a guy in uh, a karate gi, essentially, right? Like, like that's not that's now I'm just a guy. And I, I wanted some. You're a weeaboo. I wanted weapons, right? Like cause to be right. cool. It's like, weapons. No. So anyway, back to the yes. meat and potatoes, <laughs> the salt and pepper. <laughs> um, but paper root. Uh, the problem is, is that everybody always wants. The paper route, the Medicine Hat News was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Medicine Hat. And so that was like what you wanted because in your entire neighborhood, there's maybe, you know, 65 to 75 subscribers. You probably would make about $20, uh, a, you know, a month or whatever it was that you were making. A month? I don't know what it was, but it was, you had very few people that got it. And of course, you also had to go around and collect, but it was, you were making money like back mm-hmm. in the 80s. It was like you were making like real money. Yeah. <clears throat> Those were not available because. Once you get a paper route, you tended to stick with it for a very, very long time, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's there's no attrition. Right, you squat on that paper route. Yeah, which sucks, because it means that anybody else who's like a 12-year-old kid who wants to do that, it's like, no, because there's some 17-year-old kid who right. still has his paper route, and he's like, I'm going to do this, this until... Like our job market right now. I know, right? <laughs> the older kids instead of baby Here's boomers. like... And so, so what happened was, is there was an alternative newspaper in town. There was The Shopper. Mm-hmm. The shopper. The shopper is uh, uh, anybody in the states will probably think of that as a penny saver or anything like that. Is basically it is the uh, it is the paper oh. that is full of advertising. Right. That's all right, it is right. is pure advertising, classified ads, advertising for everything. That's Man, I kind of wish that's how it was all the time. It's like you just have one like phone book full of the ads, and all the other publications have no ads. Yes. I mean, would, it would never work. No, but exactly. That would be sweet. You know, just people pondering through ads. It's like, oh, look at this stuff. Well, the shopper's free. Hmm. Well, it, obviously, it would have to it be. It has free. to be. So it's, a, it's supported by advertising. No, pay me to be advertised to. And that means that, well, then you deliver 215 papers on a route. Right. That's going to translate into a lot of papers, which means that's a lot of money because you're delivering a lot of papers, right? Yeah. Again, those papers are free, mm-hmm. which means that you get paid 
by weight. Oh. One half cent per gram. Wow. Did you wet the papers first? No. No, because the, papers are, the papers are weighed before they're delivered to oh. you. And then that is how much you were going to be paid uh, for delivering all those papers that I week. I wait. And you're paid every two weeks. Uh-huh. And so what happened was, is when, when I got into this, I discovered that 215 papers is f- fucking impossible <laughs> for like a 12-year-old kid d- to deliver. Yeah. Uh, because you can't get on your bike with huge bags of papers. We you, have found to re- that out. you have to reload all the time. Right. And so that means that you're constantly leaving your house, riding around to do like a street and... Uh, I lived in Ross Glen, so you can look that up on the maps and find out where Ross Glen was, and you'll see where I, uh, the area I used to live in. So you would ride down a boulevard and come back after doing 40 papers. So you would pick up some more papers. You would go out. Now you have to go past that one and go like to another one and then come back, and you would keep doing this. Um, and, of course, that's not going to work. So my dad worked out a way, and he's like, okay, so A, you're going to split this with your brother. So Aaron's going to do this as well. He's delivering 107 papers. You're delivering 108. We're going to divide up your routes so that you guys have the equal number of uh, houses and routes to be able to do. So dad was very much like plan of attack. Here's how we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to give you each a wagon, and then you're both going to wagon your papers out to the edge of whatever, and you're going to leave them in this one spot, and you're going to work out in this way like this. You can do this, and you can do this, Uh you can do this. It's like work a flower pattern. Always work back to your hub where all your papers are. And then when you come back for the last one, you can do your last route, and then you can walk home. And it was... I still remember the route. Like, that's the thing. I did this a lot. It is the most fucking boring job yep. to deliver 108 papers, especially when, when you can't... You, what's the other iconic thing of Americana? Fling paper, paper boy flinging the fucking paper, right? Yeah. No. Ride past. Every paper goes in the mailbox. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, that slows you down. Uh, I hated this job. And... But when the paycheck comes, it's like, all right, yes, here we go. Here, paycheck. Yes, it's going to be awesome. And it was... 49 cents. It was $16 over two weeks. Split between my brother and I, because we we both did delivery. Even in 80s money, that's... Wow. So we both got $8 each. Actually, no, I think I'm fucking this up. I think it was $8 is what we got, split into two. So we both got $4 or Uh whatever it was. Um, And then that got split into two again, I think. No, no, I'm maybe doing this wrong. I think I ended up with $4 at the end because... A chunk of my money also had to go into the bank because if you're going to spend some, you're going to save some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every two weeks, I got $4 for delivering 108 papers. What did you get to buy with $4? Candy. Because that's all you can fucking afford, right? I I made $5 a week in allowance. By doing chores in my house, I would make $5 a week doing that. And this $4, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, after doing it for a month or so. It is teaching you traditional values and what to actually expect out of the job market. And that's the thing. And it was the, it was, it was probably like one of the shittiest jobs I've worked, uh, especially in the middle of winter. When you don't, now you're wagon pulling through snow. Man. And it's like 40 below. Yeah, and you never know. It's literally 40 below. You just see the like corpses of the previous kids, like frozen, like stalactite. It was basically like the fucking Shackleton expedition. (laughs) (laughs) I have to deliver some papers. I may be sometime. The best, because you get up in your fucking snowsuit and put everything on, and then I'd be out in the middle of the snow, and I'd be pulling this shit along, and I'd be tired and exhausted and just can't fucking do it anymore, and I would stop, and I would just start. I'd stand there and I would cry. And then when I was done crying, I'd pick up the wagon and I'd keep rolling. And I was like, I couldn't. And, and the thing Ugh. is that like that age, that's not, you don't do that. You don't, a boy doesn't cry. You know, that kind of right. shit, right? And at 12 years old, I'm standing there and I realize how utterly powerless I am in this situation. I can't quit this job. I can't Fuck. give it up. I can't get in. I can't, it's, I can't, can't, can't. And I can't keep up. That I finally was after, like, I think we worked for six months and then I gave it up. Yeah. That sensation is awful. 
enough when you have some sort of sense of perspective yeah. on it. But to a kid, that's like, I'm in hell. This yeah. is hell. Yeah. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. My life is over. The, the only saving grace of that was we found out that anybody who did catalog distribution in town... Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like Sears with the Wish Book, consumers distributing with their catalogs, right? Because they were a mail order place. So what that meant was you have fifty five catalogs to deliver because they're subscribers. They're by weight, yep. which meant now we made thirty two dollars <throat> on one delivery, yeah. right? And that was Aaron and I still had to split it, but that meant that I had sixteen bucks coming in, which split again means I got eight dollars. I got eight bucks to actually go out and do some shit with. And it was like, it was like the Mecca. Like you were waiting. It's like, why can't we do this every week? And it's like, well, no, because that would be a real paper route then, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, no, my, my parents just gave me $10 a week to not have a paper route. Yeah. Nice. They were like, we know you want a job. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> be a kid. We be a kid a lot it. longer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will probably be in favor of my kid being like, I want a job doing the thing. And I'll be like, great. And you have to do it for a month. And then at the end of that month, if you want to stop, you can. If like, I won't want to stop. I'm like, oh, well, sure you will. Oh, okay. We're fine. We will yeah. go I'm hard. just going to leave this option here on the table and you can take whatever yeah. you want. It just yeah. is kind of, in, it's, it's kind of like, um, it represents to me how utterly like that fucking Americana kind of bullshit that was all like in the 1950s, that kind of thing. It's like that dream died a long time ago and doesn't happen anymore. No, no, and I bootstrap speech. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. oh, I'll just do this shit, and because like, why? Fucking, it's an imaginary hustle set up by the people who are going to vacuum out your wallet. There's a book called The Wealthy Barber. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a like this is like a timeless book, apparently mm-hmm. written in the 1980s about you know here's how you can like help yourself invest better. It's like good for fiscal management. There was a book written by this guy uh, called The Wealthy Paper Carrier. Okay, mm-hmm. um, which was. After he wrote The Wealthy Barber, he was like, yeah, a wealthy paper carrier. And my dad said, you might like this. And he gave it to me. It's half story and half advice. And the story opens with these two kids, brother and sister, both around the same age, both like, well, you know, what do we need money for? And it's like, oh, well, you know, you get money and you can do, you know, all these things. I was 14 reading this thing. Mm-hmm. And as I read the book, it was like, the kid gets a job. It's like, all in set in Canada. It's like, he gets a job delivering papers. I'm like, I delivered papers too. He's like, he gets delivering papers for the Ottawa citizen. So he's pulling in $60 a week. And I'm like, fuck you. And I nearly just threw the book on the ground. I was wow. so pissed That's off. right. Because then he, like, the, the, both the, the boy and the girl in the story, they, like, 20 years later, uh, when Molson and Labatt merged as companies, and, the, and now, now they're in their 20s and stuff. I remember that from the book, too. Uh, now they're, like, captains of fucking industry. <laughs> and I was just, because they saved their money when they were young, and they mm-hmm. spent a little bit and did all these things. And I'm kind of like... So you, you're, you're looking at it and thinking... This is never going to happen. To yeah, me. I'm that's, actually never going to get wealthy. Yeah, that's literally. I looked at them like I. So I, if I don't have a job when I'm 14, and I'm 14 now, and I didn't have that job then, you fucked. I'm fucked. I can't do anything. I guess I'm gonna go work at Bonanza, which is then what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that oh, may Bonanza bring me was like the uh, the place where you lined up and they you ordered while you were in line. Yep. And then you picked up your food at the cash register. Yeah. Well, uh, the bonanza in town, how it, uh, how it worked is that it was all it was salad bars first. It was like unlimited salad bars. You order your steak in line, you pay for it, and you go sit down. So it's like cafeteria style. You pay for it okay. at the end of the thing. Then you go sit down, uh, put your coats down, grab your plates, go get salad bar, go get unlimited right. drinks, sit down, and then someone will bring you your steak to your table. Huh. Right. And it's like that's good. I worked as a busboy there for four months. Right. I gave up that job because I'd had enough. Which I... brings us neatly around to other jobs related to the uh, food industry. Mm. Um, 
have Alex. have you ever i'm sorry no, go no, no let's hear have it. you ever had the butterfly effect illustrated in flawless detail before like like in 10 seconds kind of deal well i mean it took a long time but okay. it's just like this was such a great experience because it was it was so interesting to see what such a tiny little thing could cause so much mayhem it's like I worked as a dishwasher at Rebar downtown for okay. a long time. Mm-hmm. And the only, th- the job itself sucked. It was shitty work under shitty conditions. But everybody who worked there was lovely. The mm-hmm. food was good. And I I put up with it. You know, it was, it was fine. It was not a bad job. But uh, one evening, a eighth inch cotter pin on the, uh, the washing machine broke. Mm-hmm. So the washing machine or washing machine didn't work anymore. Mm. And this very gradually began to cascade throughout the entire restaurant until the whole fucking thing ground to a halt. And I just was like holding this thing in my hand and I was just like <laughs> how, strange faith that how many more so of much. these eighth inch cotter pins are there in the world? Yeah. You know? <laughs> they'll break and then it'll just be like you know, deep water horizon. Thousands of deaths <laughs> yeah. or just like, you know, capsized tankers or whatever. It's just like, you know, it was the, the, the slamming the big red button. Yeah. yeah, because it's like I couldn't wash dishes, so we couldn't give fresh dishes to the kitchen. Right. They couldn't plate stuff to give to the customers. And like they just couldn't serve food anymore. So the yeah. restaurant had to close. Yeah. Right. They just had to like be like last orders and now we're fucked. Yep. Yeah. It <laughs> is a strange fate that we should suffer so much. Like <laughs> such a small thing. Yeah. Yeah. Bora, give me the cotter pin. <laughs> give me the cotter oh, Fine. See, I care for it not. <laughs> working at working at Bonanza like as a busboy, it's funny because the thing was is that you went around and picked up everybody's shitty plates because there'd be. The, the worst was a family comes in with two or more kids because they cannot keep control of. Uh, and so what would happen is, is that you would go to that table and there would be a dozen plates on the table because the kids have gone back multiple times to get salad and they won't mm-hmm. take their original plates. and They won't finish what's on their fucking plate. So the, my, a- my tub is half full of yeah. garbage uh-huh. and huge things of half eaten, not, not even half eaten. They had three scoops off the top of their yeah, big they're like fucking, the French fry ziggurat glazed with ketchup. Uh, sometimes. Um, cause I had to wipe down those tables. I had to clean all that shit up. Mm-hmm. But part of the thing was, is that, yeah, you have to keep taking all those dishes back in mm-hmm. and then you go to the back and you dump out your tub and you put everything in the thing and the bus, like the bus boys, we have to keep this shit moving because there's only so many dishes. Yeah. Yeah. And I worked as a, a dishwasher for, for like one shift just because somebody was like, I can't make it. They're like, did you want to work dish? I'm like, yes, please. Cause it's clean. It's a yeah. clean no, it thing. Isn't. Well, <laughs> it's cleaner than work. All, all bus, all busing tables is a bonanza is your, your ass yeah. deep in ice cream. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, when I was 15, I got a job working at white spot, which is a, Local restaurant chain for local family restaurant. Yeah, yeah. local family restaurant. It's like serve wholesome food. One step to half a step above, like a Denny's, yeah. basically. Right. I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, it, um, it, it is food. Yeah, and I worked in the fountain, which was I made desserts and milkshakes, and that I, doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, you are sticky. Oh, <laughs> up to the shoulders. Oh, usually because you're covered in milkshake shrapnel. Right. Yep. Okay. And, like. 
Um, and then, like, the air in the kitchen is just, like, this Stale. mist of oh, grease. Oh, yeah. Because, you like, know, they fr- deep fry everything, right? Yeah. And anyone who's worked in the kitchen is familiar with this, yeah. right? But, like, that was where I got my first piece of advice about work. Because I was, like, working, I was getting really upset because we were behind and it was a giant rush. And yeah. people were, like, yelling at me, uh-huh. like, literally yelling at me. Yeah. Hmm. And one of the, the, the line cook just says, hey, man, it's fuck it. <laughs> it's fuck it. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're going to get their food eventually. Yeah. Don't, don't freak out. Don't yeah. worry about it. No, I mean. It's just food. It is just If food. they have to wait five more minutes, then Tough. for a milkshake. Like then they'll, they'll, they'll live. On like fucking lazy nights, like yeah. nights when there were not a lot of people coming in. Um, I'm walking, I'm doing my circuit, picking up plates and shit and we have the managers there who are younger guys who are like in their mid-20s kind of deal right um who are like they're giving you the gears about you're not working fast enough and it's like i'm there's plenty of plates there's plenty of glasses there's plenty of all these things of course you're 14 right so you don't talk back to your manager but in retrospect i'm like there is all of these plates and all this other shit and, and the kitchen is not behind they're up they're they're doing their thing i'm going and cleaning up places where where stuff's being done i can only carry so much in my tub Right. Like I'm not I'm also 14 years old and not terribly strong. And it's like I'm not a fucking linebacker. I can only carry what I can carry. And sometimes I have to do half my run and then walk back to the thing because somebody got like, you know, six steaks and there's a whole bunch of other shit. And my tubs just become too heavy. Um, The saving grace of that job uh, was um, when I quit. Because yeah. I was looking forward to quitting, oh, yeah. and I quit in September of of my of my grade nine year, uh, which was great. Because I was like, no, I got to go back to school. I can't be doing this. Yes, and so um, quit that job. We should do a separate podcast and on I, like good quitting stories. Yeah. Well, when I when I quit, I had like <laughs> I had one shift left that I had to work because I gave them two weeks, right? So because um, you know you want to be good about this. That the day I came in to work that shift. All of the plastic, I'd been off for like a week and a half. All mm-hmm. the plastic plates were gone because we used to have like plastic, you know, salad plates and all the, all of the steak plates are plastic rimmed metal plates and it sucks to have a lot of those because they're heavy. Mm-hmm. They'd gotten rid of all the plastic plates for salad bar and replaced them with ceramics. I could barely lift my tub. Yeah. I was shocked because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And of course, because I'm, you know, because I'm young and I'm not that strong to begin with. And uh-huh. it's like, I used to be able to carry like dozens and dozens of plates and I'd be really good at like getting them all to fit in there, like Tetrising the oh, shit in God. here. And I'm like, you have to have to start again from scratch. No, well, because it was the last the design. It was the last day, right? Oh, okay. And so for me, it was like, Oh, you poor fuckers. Like, I was like, I was happy, like, taking this stuff out. I'm like, this is miserable, but I don't care. It's my last shift. I don't give a shit about what's going on from here after this. Yeah. <sighs> Good times. Good times. Yeah. yeah. The, the well, only thing I really liked at White Spot was they also trained me as a busboy, and I got tipped out there because they did not tip out to the kitchen. Ah. And that's the first time I got sexually harassed on the workplace when uh. one of the waitresses slipped her tip money into my pocket, like physically. And I'm like, that's that's not, that's not, not okay. okay. That. Yeah. Um, Weird. And then then I liked working in the dish pit as well because the dish pit was like 40 degrees with 100% humidity in the middle of the summer, but it kept my skin clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you ultimately, it's like when, you, when you're up to your elbows in, in crap, mm-hmm. ultimately it's kind of nice to be like, I know that I'm taking Producing dirty dishes, clean. but I'm making clean dishes. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a filth processing plant. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything we can do in the last little time we have left? I worked in an arcade. I, I worked security at an airport. Ooh. <laughs> 
I, I, I Good sp- paying job. Nobody is allowed to yell at you. Yeah. I spent a lot of time working production, but I almost think that it could be its own podcast because mm. of the weird shit that happened in that job. I'm trying to think of what else I might have done. I'm trying to think of the weird... The, Whoa! The, the, the one weird story I have from, um, from working at the airport, if you guys want to hear it, yes. yeah. is on my very last day, I was... You cycle through your, your positions, mm. the, the airport security check. Um, so if you're working like the same location. Yeah, okay. like every five minutes you're supposed to, to, everyone cycles through completely. Okay. So that nobody gets like complacent or whatever, uh, okay. I don't know. Um, and the guy on x-ray is like scanning through bags and he's looking, looking at the monitor to see what's coming up. And he like looks at a bag and he like kind of gives a cock out. Like, <laughs> he, he like stares at it oh, and he's no. like, oh, oh, okay. And he, he like pulls it through and then he looks over to see who's on searching bags and it's me. And it's my last day. Oh, no. And he stops the conveyor belt, and he says, I'm going to need you to check this bag. <laughs> Fuck. And he sends it over to the searching station. Uh-huh. And I go over, and I'm like, it's okay. It's a dildo, I, isn't it? I, I grab the bag, and I'm like, you know, there's a guy standing there. I'm like, is this your bag, sir? And he's like, oh, yes. Why? Oh. Why? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I just need to look through it. And I bring it over to the station, and the guy's, like, really nervous, and he's really upset. And I'm like, oh, fuck. What, like, yeah. Is, did I find a bag of weed or something? Yeah, okay, and I'm here going, we go. And I look at the screen, and there is a dildo in the bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, please let me find anything else to find in this bag. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to pull this out. No. No, I don't, because it's humiliating. <laughs> yes, it is. Right? Um, like, for, for, for the passenger, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. This is not something that should have... It's kind of funny in retrospect, yeah. because it's an awful thing to do to someone. Yeah. No, wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> it's a funny story. Yes, uh, yes. Um, why do you pack, why do you need your dildo in your carry-on? For God's sake, man. Um, I don't have anybody to any, join the Mile High Club with. <laughs> anyways, I found a giant wad of keys in one pocket. And you can't see through, through keys on an x-ray because they're brass. They just show up as like this black mass. Right. Okay. And so I just tell him, all I need to do is, like, looks like there's a pack of keys. And he's like, let me get them out for you. And I'm like, I, I actually have to search the bag. And I pull them out. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to check to see that there's no, like, weapons, tool or whatever. Or, on it. <laughs> <laughs> or like, a, a pocket knife, right? Yeah. Right. So I was able to find, like, something else so I don't have to, like, eviscerate this guy's backpack in front of, like, his family. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, so, God, he wasn't traveling alone? No. Oh, that oh, poor bastard. Man. Oh, That is did you drag. Did you kind of give, like, the, the squirmy eye at your, uh, yeah. at your colleague? You're like, like, why the fuck did you do that to me? Yeah. Or to him, rather? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> oh. He was cold as ice. One yeah. of these days, I actually, I would love to travel with a carry-on bag full of nothing but dildos. She's just, like, like lined oh, no, no, up. We, 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 got, f- we got those people, right? Hey, like, yeah, the, yeah. the Fantasia party people. What? Okay. <laughs> You've never heard of a Fantasia party? It's like a Tupperware party, only it's with sex toys. Yes. Okay. I think I saw a sign on the sex shop downtown about, like, sex toy parties. Do you actually just, like, look the, at them, or do you... Yeah, yeah it's for part- people who are, like, maybe uncomfortable going into, like, a sex toy shop or a oh. sex shop. And, like, yeah, they'll come to your because, house and they'll, like, like do, like, the, a show. 
Like yeah. exactly like Tupperware. Yeah, okay, yeah. not a like, show. But I thought about it. And I was like, what do they do? Do they like participate? Do you like no. trade notes? You'd like the, swap them so or something? At, at, a, at a bachelorette party where they will normally do this kind of thing, what'll happen? Because it's you know everyone will have a few it's glasses like, of wine. Throughout ha, the night. Ha, that's so funny. I'd never use that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is that the because uh, uh, if if enough women buy something, then the bride to be gets something for free. So it's hey. kind of like yeah. So it's yeah. It it, it enables yeah. It it provides a I don't know. So it sounds like good. It sounds like yeah, good I mean, cheeky like fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's perfectly healthy. And so it's and like fun, you know, here right? th- this is this chocolate body dust, and she, and the woman will take out like a feather or something. She'll put it in the dust, and she'll spread on some, on your arm. You can lick mm-hmm. it off and be like, ooh, neat. And it's like right. here, there's this lube, and she puts a little squirt in your hand. And you feel like, oh wow, that's amazing, right? Yeah. And then then later on, the more hardcore shit comes out because yeah. everyone okay, gets we got a little more rubber drunk. foot on a chain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I to- like- did I tell you I found that one time? Yes. Oh, yes. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen yeah. in a sex shop. <laughs> yeah. I th- like sounds- the ru- but I'm with it up yeah. to the the rubber foot. I'm like I I get it. You know, foot fetish, large object insertion, whatever. Yeah. Mm. But the chain? Yeah. Was it like a plastic like Halloween chain? No, I think it was metal. Oh Jesus! But I I don't remember. That sounds cold. Yeah. Yeah. Thick link or like or oh, like yeah, real thick link. Okay. Okay. Dude, we're not gonna use this like pansy ass like wire chain. Well, I just like bullshit. if it was like chain like this, because no, no, this no, would no. be uncomfortable. No, 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 you know, no. I would yeah, scratch. No, no. Yeah, rubber foot on a chain. Rubber yeah, foot no, on a chain. Any, at the security checkpoint, uh, we had this one lady come through with like a demonstration case of dildos. And, like, <laughs> she was per- like, well, it's I'm job, sure she's right? used to it. It's like, pfft. yeah, it's like yep, case of dildos. Yeah, yeah, like everything. In try something. <laughs> yeah, and, like the person searching it was like fine with it. Everyone's fine with it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Anywho, uh, I think we're just about out of time, so... So we gotta wrap all that up. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been enlightening. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot more more material for work stories, because, like, it just... You spend a lot of your life working. Yeah. yeah. Usually. Yeah. And unusual things happen. Yeah. <sighs> work. All right, this has been Lurkast. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We've had a good time. Da, 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 da.